I really hate evil, and I love the good. I'm amazed at how much sin is presented in movies and television, and even as we speak with neighbors or other people. Last night, I saw a PBS TV documentary about Betty White. It was called First Lady of Television. I used to like Betty White's presentation very much because it seemed to be a more moral presentation based upon morality of Bible. She did one thing at the end of her life, which was a total departure from morality. She did some kind of television series or special, which was very immoral. And she pretended that she had sexual desires, and it was just abominable to see a 95-year-old woman this way. I found it very disturbing, and I had a very bad impression from that point on of Betty White. Last night, I filmed this documentary that was on PBS, and I started to watch it, and then I thought, no, I don't think I want to see anything about her as bad as that situation was before. And then, all of a sudden, the announcer started telling about Betty White and that sexual type of presentation. Somebody persuaded her to do that, and she let herself be persuaded. She was getting a lot older and needed a vehicle to be on television, and they thought this would be entertaining to people. She went along with them. But on this documentary that was made just before she died, she started the documentary with this subject, and she said, I really made a mistake in doing this sexual subject. I really made a mistake, and I'm ashamed that I did it. Well, I was so glad I saw that then because it changed my feeling about this woman. I might not be right. She might not have been saved before she died. She might not have been a, so to speak, good person by Bible information. But I'm so glad to have had my image of her erased, which was based on that horrible sexual presentation that she did toward the end of her life. And she apparently was sorry she did that. Hate the evil and love the good. I don't want to see movies where people are about to commit adultery. That might have been exciting before I was born again. But it's not now. Now that I know adultery to be a sin against God. How would I find that enticing? 
so many times I see something and I think, oh no, don't do that. When I'm watching the characters in the play who are about to sin, it's just in me to hate the evil and to love the good. Amos chapter 5 verse 15, hate the evil and love the good and establish judgment in the gate. It may be that the Lord God of hosts will be gracious unto the remnant of Joseph. I am extremely non-political. In elementary school, our teacher taught us something that I really think is true, that the reason our government works well is that it's an two-party system. So it's very hard for one party to get anything done because the other party is fighting them. So nothing gets done, and so everything goes along pretty well. And I think, by and large, there's a lot of truth in that. I've never been involved in politics. I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. To me, I get bored, usually, with whichever one is in office when I hear them on television. But recently, I have been a little bit interested. It's not that I'm going to vote for him, Joseph Biden, but his State of the Union message the other night, I was a little interested in it. Not much. I watched just a little. And then all of a sudden, this woman shouted out, that's a lie, or something like that to, to Biden. It reminded me a little bit of the way they shouted each other in England, because it's a very common practice for them to shout out against the other side of the aisle. But we haven't seen that. I, I, I don't remember seeing those things like that in the past. And I felt very bad when she did this. It may be a lie. Maybe he told a lie. I don't know if it was a lie or not a lie. But it was unseemly for me to hear her do this. And I thought, what's going on here? I didn't really have it pinned down to a scripture, but later I did. 1 Corinthians 6 tells us sins in the sight of God and shows us what sins are in the sight of God. 1 Corinthians 6, start at verse 9. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, which I think is homosexual, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners, shall inherit the kingdom of God. What this is that this woman did is reviling. R-E-V-I-L-E-R. It was an example of a reviler. And that is defined in the dictionary as a person who speaks abusively 
to another person. You can correct a person in a proper setting, but you don't have to be abusive to that person. You don't have to make fun of the person and be abusive. Now, there's another verse of Scripture where Paul talks about reveler. A reveler will not inherit the kingdom of God. And that's a different definition. Reviler is a person who abusively shows contempt for another person. A reveler is defined as someone who does extreme partying, drugs, or alcohol. That's in Galatians 5, 19 through 21. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have told you also in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Those words are very close to each other, reviling and reveling. Reviling is to speak abusive to another person. Reveling is extreme partying, drunkenness, drugs, that type of thing. Well, I knew that something was really wrong in what this woman did, but I didn't know exactly how to define it. But it was reviling what she did against the President of the United States. It was reviling. It may or not have been true what she said, that he lied. I don't know. I don't know enough about those subjects to even know. But I do know that was out of line. And it is a sin for us to speak that way abusively to another person. Now, many of us have done that in the past. We've done these things before we were born again, but we don't do them now. I know a woman who was raised Baptist, and she committed fornication. She committed adultery. She ended up having an abortion. And I said, but you wouldn't do those things now, would you? And she said, no. See, after you're born again, you're different. And Paul says that same thing back here in 1 Corinthians 6. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, I think that's homosexual, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, and that would definitely fit with homosexual lesbian. Because in the Bible, Romans 1, 26, God speaks of they are turned over to vile affections. Then he goes on and explains women do things with women that are unnatural and men with men. So we know that in God's sight, this is a sin, homosexual and lesbian. 
We'll take a moment to read that scripture in Romans 1. For this is not my opinion. This is what the Holy Bible says about homosexuals and lesbians. Let's start at verse 23. And they changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the Creator who is blessed forever. Verse 26, For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meat. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. A woman who lives in our neighborhood, one day she asked me, do you approve homosexuals and lesbians? And I said, I don't think so. And I gave her this section of scripture along with some other scripture on the subject. There is no place in the Old Testament or New Testament that God shows any approval for homosexuals or lesbians. In the Old Testament, homosexuals are called sodomite. And he destroyed the city of Sodom because of homosexuality. That's in Genesis 19, if you care to read it. What God has shown me is if the subject of homosexual or lesbian comes up, and I mention it's a sin against God, read the exact scriptures to the person. The exact scripture. Don't just say our church is against it or so-and-so is against it. The Bible is against it. God, who inspired the Bible, is against it, as is shown throughout the Old Testament and New Testament. If you will type in the word Sodom or Sodomite, you will find it in the Old Testament. I do not hate homosexuals. I do not hate lesbians. They can be saved if they see the truth of the Bible, that it's a sin against God, and if they repent of the sin and trust in the blood of Jesus to save them and turn from the sin and not do that sin anymore, they can be saved. 
Now, the same thing was true with the woman taken in adultery. Jesus said, go and sin no more when they brought her to him. It's the same thing with drunkenness. These are all sins against God. And the key is seeing it as a sin against God and purposing in your heart not to do that sin anymore and really being sorry you've done it. Being sorry that you had the abortion or were were a drunkard. Being sorry that you committed adultery or fornication. Being sorry that you were a homosexual or lesbian. Really, in your heart, being sorry for your previous sins. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11, Paul says, And such were some of you, but ye are washed, ye are sanctified, ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. But if you go out and willfully commit a sin after you have been forgiven, there's no more sacrifice for that sin if you willfully do that. So you have to be very careful. It's not a matter of having a man forgive you. It's a matter of having God forgive you. And after God has forgiven you and enlightened you, to this being a sin, any one of these things being a sin, if you go out and you commit it again, the Bible tells us there's no more sacrifice for your sin. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 26. Let's read that. For if we sin willfully after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, that it's a sin, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins. Because you already know it's a sin. Second Peter 2.20.21 says, If after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, They are again entangled therein and overcome. The latter end is worse with them than the beginning, for it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. Hebrews chapter 6 verses 4 through six, for it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come, if they shall fall away, it's impossible to renew them again unto repentance, seeing they crucify to themselves the Son of God afresh, and put him to an open shame. Verses 7 and 8. For the earth which drinketh in the rain that cometh oft upon it, and bringeth forth herbs, meat for them, 
by whom it is dressed. Receiving blessing from God. But that which beareth thorns and briars is rejected and is nigh unto cursing, whose end is to be burned. I know there are many churches and many individuals who follow the doctrine, once saved, always saved. But I advise you to read what Jesus says in Revelation chapter 3, verse 5. He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. You should see by that scripture that your name could be blotted out of the book of life. So you can't just go out and sin like you did before you were born again. Who would want to? I can't even imagine wanting to do the things that I did before I was born again. I'm ashamed of them. I can't erase them. But I know I've been forgiven and I haven't done those sins again. I've learned other things that are sins and I have turned from them. Maybe sins of abuse toward another person, language abuse. I'm sure I did that at one point in time. And that is a sin. There are other sins we might do in ignorance. But once we have the knowledge of the truth, we don't do those anymore. We shun those, and we're ashamed of what we have done. The story of Joseph is such a wonderful story. 17-year-old boy whose mother is dead. His father, Jacob, had 12 children. I think there were about four wives involved in it because in those days of the Old Testament, they did have multiple wives. The brothers were very envious of Joseph because his father loved him more than he loved the others. And he gave Joseph a coat of many colors. And the brothers hated him. When he was 17 years old, 10 of his brothers sold him into slavery and they took him down to Egypt. Here is the story of Joseph, which I find so encouraging. Genesis 39, start at verse 1. And Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought Joseph out of the hand of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down into Egypt. And the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man. At 17, he was taken into slavery with only the clothes on his back. He had nothing, but God caused him to prosper. Verse 3, And his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper. 
verse 4. And Joseph found grace in his sight, and he served him. And his master made him overseer over his house. And all that he had, he put into Joseph's hand. And it came to pass from the time that he had made Joseph overseer in his house and over all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. And he left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he knew not aught he had save the bread which he did eat. And Joseph was a goodly person and well favored. And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph, and she said, Lie with me, have sex with me. But he, Joseph, refused and said unto his master's wife, Behold, my master wanteth not what is with me in the house, and he hath committed all that he hath to my hand. There is none greater in this house than I, neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee, because thou art his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness? and sin against God. See, these sins are against God. Every one of these sins that are listed in the New Testament Bible, it's not just something that you're free to do, period. That's a sin against God. Every one of them are sins against God. Verse 10, And it came to pass, as she spoke, to Joseph day by day, that he hearkened not unto her to lie by her or to be with her. And it came to pass about this time that Joseph went into the house to do his business, and there was none of the men of the house there within. And she caught him by his garment, saying, Lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand, and fled, and got him out. And it came to pass, when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand, and was fled forth, that she called unto the men of her house, and spake unto them, saying, See, he hath brought in an Hebrew unto us to mock us. He came in unto me to lie with me, and I cried with a loud voice. And it came to pass when he heard that I lifted up my voice and cried that he left his garment with me and fled and got him out. It was a total lie. She told a total lie. And she laid up his garment by her until his Lord came home. And she spake unto him, her husband, according to these words, saying, The Hebrew servant 
which thou hast brought unto us, came in unto me to mock me. And it came to pass, as I lifted up my voice and cried, that he left his garment with me and fled out. Total lie. And it came to pass, when the master heard these words of his wife, which she spake unto him, saying, After this manner did thy servant to me, that his wrath was kindled. And Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were bound, and he was there in the prison for something he didn't do. Verse 21, But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in the prison. And whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it. Verse 23. The keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand because the Lord was with Joseph and that which he did, the Lord made it to prosper. Romans 12, 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Don't allow yourself to be conformed to the thinking of this world. Therefore, all types of sin, they approve all types of sin. So be transformed by the renewing of your mind to the holy scriptures and cling to the way of God by the Holy Bible, by doing it, regardless of what this world does. Thank you for allowing me to share with you today.